Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we are forced to take a divergent path due to COVID in order to talk about a different topic very briefly. Hopefully next week we'll get back to our regularly scheduled episodes, but until then, we have something really special, mostly the fact that Courtney Staples is back with us. Courtney, so glad to have you. So glad to be back. Yeah. Daniel, you stay golden, all right? Hello. (laughs) So what we're going to be doing today, because this is kind of a last minute change up, is we're essentially just going to be creating a, a setting, a scenario with bits and pieces that we've each brought in. So uh, I have brought in a place, Courtney has brought in a building, and Daniel has brought in an object, and we're going to try and figure them all out and smush them together, create a world based around that. And then, of course, the fate of the dice will add, force us to fuck everything up, add in genres and twists and all sorts of fun stuff. So because I brought the place, um, I brought in a town or hamlet or maybe even a city called Gate. The way that I pictured Gate being was, it, it was once the frontier of an empire and a, a giant walled in city or, or rather some, something akin to the Great Wall meets the Wall of the North from Game of Thrones. And except now we've flung everything into the future where the empire doesn't really exist anymore, but their infrastructure still does. So there's still these massive walls and these massive gates that still exist. And people actually live within the walls themselves. And the town itself is the gate. Like it's the archway that was once granting uh, entryway into the empire. So that's where I want to start. And Courtney, what is your what is your building within Gate? Sure. So this is interesting because um, I was thinking about a concert hall, or to make it even more broad, just a music venue, um, somewhere where people go to play music, to watch music performed. Um, and I didn't have any like very specific things in mind, although I was thinking about oddly enough um, some sort of like post-apocalyptic, post-collapse type um, setting. So I guess it does kind of tie in there. Fascinating. Yeah, we can we can definitely work with that. Um, so we have a music venue is the general broad topic that we're working with, correct? Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, cool. So Daniel, what is your object that we're going to be working with as well? It's funny that um, we are all kind of in a futuristic mode because I was too. Um, I imagine there being a structure that's um, it it most likely is a vessel of some kind that's collapsed um, or is like in a wreck. Um, And the principal characters discover in the um, collapsed or broken vessel um, pods containing um, copies of themselves. All right, so your object is a giant spaceship or vessel, as you call it, that is filled with copies of uh, what exactly? People of whoever go enter the vessel? Um, either the principal characters of the story or whoever f- discovers it. That's spooky. I like it. Okay, 
So we've got our basic premise down. We've got gate, we've got a music venue, and we've got a vessel. So what the first thing that we're going to do is try and create a genre that we can work it around. We'll workshop that and we'll continue on. So the genre that we're going to be turning this into is going to be science fiction. All right. That is... Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that I, you know, it's funny when I when I originally envisioned Gate, I actually had, um, you know, I actually had fantasy in mind rather than like post-apocalypse or anything like that. So I'm glad that we can kind of figure it out. Um, it obviously Daniel comes in with the uh, sci-fi flavor. That's you know that's about as typical as me coming in with myself. a fantasy thing. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and sci-fi this whole scenario that we have going on up shall we i like your um your idea that this is like a post um imperial society like this is after the great heights of some civilization Mm -hmm. Um, and uh i now that we're in sci-fi i have to ask are these like physical walls that we're talking about or is this some kind of intergalactic wall uh like a more hypothetical or less concrete wall of some kind you know like if we're talking about hyperspace travel is it someplace that it it acts as a barrier to ftl or something like that because that's something that i'm also kind of curious about as well that's interesting so then it would the stage would really be um not a planet but a large system or a large area of space well, actually, that's that's not a bad point. I mean, we could have Gate be a planet, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. have that planet kind of be the generator to a, a shield of some kind that prevents FTL from going through their system. Well, I like that. So it's almost like they've wrapped their system in, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the way they prevent, quote unquote, prevent faster than light travel through their system is they've wrapped their system in a wormhole. Oh, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah let's okay. Let's explore that a little bit. Can you say more about that, Daniel or Courtney? Um, I'll let Courtney pick up. But my thoughts are: if you wrapped your system somehow in something that's like a wormhole, that would mean traveling to the system would pass you through it to someplace else. So it's kind of like bouncing off a mirror. So that's the the concept there. Hmm. When you say that, I'm also thinking that it's rather than like bouncing off a mirror. Maybe it's just you pass immediately through it as well. Yeah, like it's exactly. A, oh, so gate is not just about the system. It's also about the giant area as well. So that might be yeah. interesting to work with. That's it. So it's like the gate is like, can you get past the gate? Meaning if you can't get, you can't get to their planet because of their system, because the wormhole transports you to someplace else when you try to pass through it. Yeah. It, like mm-hmm. if we're looking at, it's basically transporting you from one edge to the other. Every mm-hmm. time you try and pass through it, it spits you out the opposite end. Yeah. And I bet it's hard for them to, for people unaware of the situation to notice. Cause I bet that this wormhole is so big. Can you know, how, like you have, you can have really super, or at least theoretically really giant, super massive black holes mm-hmm. where potentially you can pass through the singularity because they're so large and rotating. And so the tidal forces won't kill you. I mean, that's that's the theory, right? So perhaps this wormhole is so large that navigational instruments don't notice it. And the only mm. way to really tell is to make really precise measurements of time such that, oh, we lost more seconds than or fewer seconds than is necessary to travel to this region of space to mm. notice that there's something mm. there. I, I was thinking that as well, you know, like people would not even notice it, you know, unless they really had to pay attention or something like that. 
Interesting. But I guess that also brings up the question of, like, why did they construct it like that in the first place? Were they trying to defend themselves against something? Were they trying to keep something in the system to themselves? Like, they didn't want it to get out? Well, see, that's the more interesting that's the more interesting option. I suppose what's interesting there is the implication that is this a two-way gate or a one-way gate? You know, like, are they able to come and go as they please? Or is this a a self-quarantining, you know, like kind of wall that they've created? What, what do you I, think the more interesting option would be? I have a feeling that the way, like the, see, the way um, out is through that vessel that's crashed on the planet. Oh, your vessel. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. It's, a, it's a ship that doesn't travel. Hmm. Is it, okay, so your your vessel, is it the key or is it the lock? Ooh, can it be both? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say no because we still have Courtney to think about. <laughs> okay, mm. maybe it's the key. All right, so it's the key and Courtney's music uh, venue is going to be the lock. <gasps> it generates the field, the wormhole yeah. field. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah. And it is, and this is going to be like the loosest definition of a music venue in that it's like a sonic resonator field of some kind, right? It, like, um, yes. it uses yeah. super, it uses the harmony of super strings to create mm-hmm. um, enough spatial distortion to cause this wormhole. Oh, no, no. Okay. Even better. Um, super strings are too played out. We're going to use cosmic strings. Okay, it, and it, it amplifies the cosmic strings that are around this area, such that it creates this wormhole portal around the whole system. Daniel, three people were like, "Fuck yeah, cosmic strings!" Those <laughs> other strings are so played out, man. <laughs> um, but okay, so I, but in all seriousness, I do really appreciate where that kind of energy is going. Uh, there's this kind of like sonic. Uh, there's this kind of like divine concordance to it right like yeah it's divine music literally so this this music venue courtney that you've Mm -hmm. created now that we've got the idea that it's you know feeding on some kind of silly string of daniel's (laughs) creation um is is it actual music or is it like the type of music where you just kind of have to feel the vibrations man was it recorded in 432 hertz is my question i guess (laughs) Yeah, now I'm like, now this has me thinking of, um, have you ever played Stellaris? Yes, yeah. With the space whales? <laughs> I don't, wait, aren't those Star Trek V space whales? I thought there were space whales in Stellaris too, or some kind of like space creature. So now I'm thinking of like whale songs and that sort of kind of music. Um, so definitely not something that you would, you know, sit there and chill out to but um something much more cosmic in nature mm. go figure mm. i okay as soon as you said whale songs i'm now thinking that there are these like massive leviathans that mm. are obviously intergalactic but mm. do they feed on wormholes or do they attract wormholes like i'm i'm like imagining them to be so immense that they are warping you know time and space around them you know, like, they're higher dimensional, and so which would go. which would ally with the concept of a cosmic string. Okay, there we go. Simple as that. Uh, you just need to have really smart people around you, and it makes it sound every everything sounds really easy. 
This is like totally scientifically sound, I'm pretty sure. Oh, of course. I consulted my armchair physicist um, specialist and he says mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. He's me, by the way. I was going to say, is it just like a sock on your other hand? Because yes. that's what I'm picturing. Yes, it has a little um, a little wig like Einstein. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. So this is already really pretty fucking cool. Um, so your so Daniel, we've we've announced that your vessel is the key, correct? Yes. So in what way is this vessel of yours a key? I think that um, it's the way out of the place, right? Mm-hmm. So. I don't know the way in, but if you go to it and it must be, but currently it's damaged because we were in like a post, I don't want to say a post apocalypse, we're in like a post height of civilization situation. So it must be damaged, but if you can get it active again, you can use it to exit the wormhole and the, and the system. All right. It won't go Wait. anywhere, but it'll send you, send you out. So the idea that this thing is damaged immediately makes me think that this galactic empire that has the gate field around it and everything like that was actually basically the empire. And it yes, was yeah. initially utilizing this gate as like an, a supreme defense mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. But there is some kind of rebellion or, you know, tactical strike that happened that disables the vessel and now it's two-way. A so now, within. yeah, exactly. So now they can't get out and they can't come in and as a result, eventually the empire crumbled due to infighting because, yeah. you know, that's just what happens to fascism when it doesn't have an, a foreign enemy. Exactly. So okay. you're saying, too, that um, you can use it to turn the shield off as well? I, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying that the vessel is the key mm-hmm. and the vessel is damaged. So why was it damaged? That's kind of where my brain went. Yeah. yeah and it had to be though. deliberate. You know, like that's kind of where what I was thinking about it. Right. So one of the things you brought up, Daniel, was the fact that there are clones like bodies inside of yes. the ship. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm wondering, like, if the the way to get out isn't really a physical way of escaping. It's like more so your soul is somehow transported out and the clones in the Ooh. ship are actually just like husks of people who had been transported out previously. Ooh, maybe, yeah, maybe the people that live in the town um, are descendants of those clones. Like they themselves are clones of them. Mm-hmm. And that's why they look the same. But yeah, I like the yeah. idea of transporting your mind out. Like you can't actually move your body out of the out of the field. Mm. Right. Yeah. So the bodies are just left there, like in stasis, but the souls are elsewhere. Wandering cool. Because that would mean that would mean okay. If this is a galactic empire, they're doing. Um, I forget the terminology for it, but in in sci-fi, there's the concept of like instead of going out and traveling into space to explore space you send probes out and you can accomplish as much exploration, if not more that way and have the information relayed back to you. So maybe the way this galactic empire functioned, or at least its leaders, they never left their planet. They would send um, their minds out embed them into bodies out there, explore the galaxy. And then the information will be trans- transmitted back to them. Yes. And that would also allow them to do like a lot of power plays out in the, ga- like if they're actually able to take over other bodies mm-hmm. out there they could like potentially get into foreign governments and yeah and how can you up. stop them you can kill them right. it won't matter right right yeah that actually really reminds me of a cyberpunk story that i read 
a couple of years ago and I'm blanking on the name, but essentially it's, it's pretty much that where, uh, you know, bodies were sent out. So they had these like lower class people who were prisoners go out and colonize a world using their bodies. And then eventually once the world was habitable enough, then the rich people who, or, or actually not even the rich people, it was more like the ancestors of the rich people who sent them off to colonize the planet would then come in and take over the bodies and their, the people's minds, like the laborers minds would then get be, would be then be dragged back into their version of the matrix. So it's, Wow. I, I, I like this idea of like a hive mind almost, but not necessarily a hive mind. It's like just a, a cyberpunk hellscape that I want to kind of go with. No, I like it. And and there's mm-hmm. a question of whether the Galactic Empire was bad or not. Like they might have been um, not actually like having nefarious intent, like in their method of, of traveling, or they might have been conquerors. And but also the, the, the term I forgot is they're called von Neumann probes. They're self-replicating probes. And that's the idea uh, of like, you wouldn't have to travel and explore the galaxy. You'd send these probes that replicate themselves out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So I feel like we've gotten a really solid basis for what this world and what the setting is looking like. I'm really fucking digging it. Uh, I like the idea that there's space whales. Great job, Courtney. Um, so now I think that we've done that. We're going to go through and kind of finish off the world building gym that we've already started here. So next we're going to create a subject for, uh, for this world that we're creating here. So let's see what we get. I do have one question. Um, Go for what, it. What did the, so what was the function of the, the space whales? Did they generate the music or? Yeah, they're, they're responsible for the wormholes in some way. Okay. And they're in the planet, like in the oceans of the planet, or are they like floating around the planet, the space? Near you know, we we didn't really, we didn't really have a concrete answer for that, Daniel. And I'm totally fine with that being <laughs> the case, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we'll figure that out. All right. So next we have the subject of our next topic, which is going to be, so we rolled an event. So I, I would like to, because we have a cataclysm which I, I think that we've already kind of touched on here with the whole, the locking in of the gate. So let's create a different event that we can kind of figure out and make and go, maybe go a different direction for this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we should. You know what? I think it'd be easier if we also gave that event some kind of a theme to go along with it. I think it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of create things in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. go ahead and add in a theme. And that theme is going to be Metamorphosis. Okay. okay. Interesting. That can fit pretty easily. I think so. I I think we can go with some kind of a metamorphic event here. Um, I mean, does that suggest that they had um, initial sets of goals that changed or does it suggest that they changed? I like the idea of goals changing because in my mind, like we've already kind of established that there was a galactic empire and then they were locked in and then the event forced them to change. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe this isn't a galactic empire anymore. Maybe we can talk about what kind of a government or what kind of a system we've created so far. Mm-hmm. After the fact or in present day? Uh, well, after, after, well, what's the difference? Or I mean, like, um, are we? Do we want to talk about um, what the 
empire was in the past or as it is now with that town that's like or that civilization that's kind of living in it post um fall well let's let's talk about it post fall you know like we've we've created the circumstances for the galactic empire's fall let's figure out what that empire looks like now after it's fallen yeah yeah because then Mm -hmm. we can retain the mystery of what happened in the past right yeah Mm. so i guess the question is like who is in charge now (laughs) yeah i mean well let's let's go ahead and try and think about hmm all right all right all right let's think about it this way right what is the most important thing within this society within gate itself probably not running out of resources uh no it's not just about resource allocation because i can assume that we're not quite post scarcity but i'm assuming that they're not really worried about their resources so much you know if we're looking at this like a, it's probably like a class four planet of some kind right well and they have a whole a region of space right so presumably they have other planets to work with yes there's yeah. a confederation of some kind I would okay imagine. inside mm-hmm. the the wormhole okay yeah it's the wormhole empire of in harmony because they can't afford a war among them in a closed space mm, mm. yeah i like that idea uh, all right. So if harmony is the most important thing because they can't afford, you know, any kind of warmongering, let's go ahead and figure out what their government would look like if that's the case. Is it, is it mutually assured destruction? Because that's what we have right now. <laughs> uh, well, would you call what we're experiencing harmony, Daniel? Nope. Then I suppose not. <laughs> um all right. What I would like to do is I'd like to do something that, you know, like I don't want another democracy, you know, representative democracy, good type thing. You know, I want to do yeah, something that's, that's so boring. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah, I, like, I was actually going to suggest like some sort of like, I don't know, totalitarian, like one person lays down all the laws and that's that. Ooh, like a benevolent autocrat. Essentially. Yeah. I don't really want to do God Emperor of Dune, though. That's the thing. No, no, a no. Good no. God Emperor. Oh, yeah, he was kind of. Yeah. But <laughs> that's what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what if the space whales are the leaders? <laughs> Ooh, that like, could be a thing. Like, because they're viewed as this, like, higher being, they just, it's like. divine. Yeah, they're the divine creatures. So, whatever they the decree then the civilization follows it, it it could be okay so i was watching the last kingdom uh lately and the vikings at least in that show um the main viking would follow the orders of his sorcerer who just is like bullshitting him all the time but he did sorcerer genuinely believes in whatever nonsense prophecies he's coming up with maybe they rule by oracle like mm. there there's not like an organized rulership it's really they consult with these whales receive divinities and then f- carry them out yeah, they like interpret the music and yes, that's yes. how they, yeah. You I know, like. I did, I did want to kind of mess with some kind of like musical part. Like I was thinking like we can have musicians be like leaders, man, you know, like that's <laughs> kind of where I wanted to think about it. So I'm glad that y'all went there without me. I appreciate that. They listen to the tones. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. What is that from? Um, I is think that just I... Star Trek five? It does sound really familiar. It's from a lot of things. I also used it in the RPG that we're setting up. (laughs) (laughs) There's this, there's this uh, Civ 6 culture 
tech called distributed sovereignty. And I find that idea and the name to sound really interesting. I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? Like what the whale thingy is. It sounds like it. Part of me wants to say, like, we have the whale prophet, but every day or every week, that person changes, you know, in some way. Um, oh, like they they pass the interpreter all around. Right. Yeah. So that way there's no such thing as like, you know, that person, like one person gaining too much power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they have some... So maybe the the key like has some functioning technology and they use that to switch um, the mind of the prophet to different people. Can we have an enclave instead of just a singular prophet as well? So that yeah, it's like, they create an enclave with it. Yeah, because otherwise I would imagine that you'd be able to f- just fake being a prophet and people mm-hmm. would believe you. Like even if it's just for a couple of hours, that's still enough to cause damage. So I would imagine that it's like, you basically have to be verified, you know, like there is a group of, let's say like six to 13 people. And then they all know that they're, you know, concordant. They're, they're speaking for the, for the whale prophet. Right. And so they, they are speaking in harmony. And so if you, you can try and fake it, but you'd be outed very quickly because there's like, you know, like you need co-signers for this bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I could see it too. Like I can imagine that being the end result of the people who find the key initially find these bodies, figure out the technology and it's linked to the whale music. Right. And then they realize that they have to create an enclave for themselves to worship this, this methodology. Right. And then the whole verification process they put in place because there probably were like charlatans and such. And so they had to figure mm-hmm. that out and then they had to travel beyond their planet to wherever the whales are to really consult with them. And then they use this technology to keep things in check. And are these, are the, so this group now, mm-hmm. uh, how do they express the, the governance, right? Like, because I would love to do this in like some kind of a musical sense, you know, like they're, every week there's a new super group that jams together and like sets <laughs> the world right. You know, like, but I, I, w- I would like to do something like that, but maybe make it a little bit more serious, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm seeing in my mind, like, um, the music as gospel. Not gospel, like the gospel choir, but the music is like um, um, heavenly music that's passed around somehow mm. instead of scripture. Mm. Like an oral tradition kind of thing? Yeah. Like maybe the way they pass around sacred texts is by passing around sacred songs. Mm-hmm. So we're also in a, we're also in a, a society where popular music is inherently divine and yes. it is also like prescriptive of government. I like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I that's, what I mean, that's pretty I like cool. It. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that we've created enough of a society and a setting where we can fuck everything up. So let's go ahead and roll for twist and see what we have to deal with. Oh, by the way, if you want to add in your twist to our giant twist list and fuck up our own world, you can actually do that by joining Patreon. We accept patron twists all the time. Uh, Let's go ahead and roll one and see what happens. Oh, 
Okay, this is a weird one. I like it though. So this one is called War is Sports. So, <laughs> yeah, huh. look, this is a patron suggested twist and that's totally fine. I don't know what it means. I didn't write it. So let's try and interpret that and then add it into a twist. How the fuck are we going to make this work? Whale so, water sports. Sorry, what? Wait, sorry. what? Can you, what, what was that? Just ignore me for now. Go ahead, Courtney. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I'm going to go back and listen to it anyway. You might as well say that again. <laughs> I don't want to preempt Courtney because it sounded like she had something, but I said whale water sports. That's okay. I thought you said that, and that's, that's not that's the too. thing that you think it is, Daniel. That, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm also going in that direction. <laughs> so wait, you also want no, no, no. pissing? No, no, no. <laughs> I was saying that that's how I interpreted what he was saying. I'm, yeah. I'm glad, yeah. Daniel. Courtney, what's your idea? Okay, so <laughs> my idea—it was war is sport, right? It was that was the twist. That is correct. War okay. is sports. So since we're all about music and um, and basically like bands as sort of scripture in a way, or songs of scripture, um, like battle of the bands kind of competitions. For uh, discordant beliefs? Yeah, or even um, interpretations of the holy whale scripture. I like that as a way of, of figuring out um, what is the truth. Mm. I'm also kind of liking this idea that, as I kind of alluded to previously, they do need something that creates unity. So maybe to them, like the way that they get their aggression out is through sports and is through um, like really aggressive battle of the bands type stuff. Mm. But what does that look like? You know, because... You know, everyone uh, knows that, you know, chariot racing was a thing back in Rome, but less people know how violent the fans were. You know, everyone's like, oh, mm. soccer hooliganism. But then like back in Rome, entire sections of the city were burned down when certain chariot races happened, you know, and they were like all decked out and they're like, that's my favorite chariot racer. If he doesn't win, I'm going to murder someone like that, that level of like aggression, but without the murder, maybe, you know? Mm hmm. I mean, can Is, they ride the mighty moonworm? No, but maybe there's a giant <laughs> mosh pit. Are the whales involved in this somehow? That's what I was wondering. Like, do people have like favorite whales? Like, oh my god! Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with jazz whale personally. <laughs> um, well, they could be. Well, maybe the whales are spread. They're spread out through the sector somehow, right? And they're like they're higher dimensional, so like partially in our dimension of space. So like, are they like in different like the tides of different systems in this region? And so you gotta like go to that whale and then I don't know do something can, there as part of the, the the sport. Can we have it so like? above what those people know can we just have it so it's actually all just the same interdimensional whale it's just that our oh, perception that. of it yes. is like yes. is so limited that it's like like i'll kill you for that piece of whale that i like not knowing that it's like it's just the, same the same whale, whale. yeah that yeah. works perfectly yeah. with a five-dimensional object because it could be in multiple places at once from our perspective mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep. okay so, like so let's let's run with that then <laughs> that's like the um, cats remember from the from the um episode with uh the cooking stuff <laughs> oh i was i was thinking of that um when you were describing 
like a 2D uh, object in 3D yes. space, how it looks like a circle getting larger and smaller because they can't understand what it looks like. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, we also had um, those Cheshire cats that were all one cat originally. Oh, but... yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's some mm-hmm. synchronicity going on. I mm-hmm. like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, what? Okay, so what can we do with that then? I mean, the purpose of us coming up with that was to, well, for one, to answer the prompt, but it's a way of creating harm, adding to the harmony in their world. I, I like there to be like, okay, there, there, because you said there has to be harmony. We're trying to figure out what war is sports mean. And yeah. I'm trying to think that there's, there's factionalism within this system that is actually all unified. They're just unwilling or unwitting of it, right? Yeah, yeah. They so have to come the, to that realization. Right. And the idea being that these battle of the bands is what causes fusion and harmony to actually come together. Yeah, that makes sense. But let's 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 kind of let's kind of like twist the nips a little bit and figure what we actually mean by that. Twist the nips. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's how out. they decide who which enclave um, governs for a time. Oh yes, okay. I'm I'm more into that now. So like it's a it's a battle of the band, and whoever whoever wins battle of the bands actually gets to rate to rule for a little bit. Yeah, they set policy for however long till the next battle. Okay, this is this is actually goofy as shit, and I kind of like that. So um, this is also making me think of that Lords of Synth short from a. Oh my Boom. god, yes! So oh, so now yes. I'm just picturing like what happens if if the Battle of the Bands they actually realize like oh shit we can team up and become even more powerful together as some super band. <laughs> okay, this is Courtney. This is actually amazing. Holy shit! Um, we also obviously need all of the. Uh, you know, all of the people in Lords of Sin, like that massive. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. You know, like, hold on. Daniel has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I don't Daniel, know what that is. Hold on, Daniel. I'm going to send that to you. For our listeners, if you aren't familiar with Lords of Synth, you should really look it up on YouTube. It's, it's an like adult a- swim. It's like 11 minutes. It's adult swim. It's live at the Necropolis. And it is so worth the gut it's basically like too many cooks well i i'm not gonna say that actually just go just go watch it it's amazing it's it's, it's really fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. yeah okay um i feel like we've created a really wacky interesting world here is there anything else that we kind of want to figure out before we leave it I would have a question about, um, we talked about the interior of the wormhole, but like, I mean, I I assume you could deposit this concept into whatever you're crafting and figure out what's outside the wormhole because it's the interaction with it that makes it interesting. Or um, you could say that really this is all just constrained to their reality. Like we don't care about what's outside of it. Well, yeah, because as we were talking about previously, you know, the people, like people don't even notice that they're traveling through this space anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, oh, they're, they, they, unless they're actively being, you know, like, unless they're actively seeking out the wormhole, which they probably don't know about, mm-hmm. then they just travel right through it. You know, it's like, well, I, guess, I guess we did talk a little bit about because the previous empire used to get out of it by inhabiting bodies out there and doing whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess yeah. it depends on how you want to use the setting. Like if you want to make, um, I don't know, like a treasure hunting party 
who has heard of the myth of this place and they go through whatever ordeal to get in, then it's about interacting with the culture we just created. Right. Or, you or alternatively, alternatively, you can all play like people in a band who are represent, yeah. or it's like the quest to represent your, you know, favorite aspect of the space whale. Sci-fi bards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got heavy metal for reference. We've got um, Lords of Synth as a reference. Yeah, now I want to play this game. I want to play a sci-fi bard game. <laughs> with space whales with space with whales, space whales. Yeah, yeah yeah um and mind, you, space whales. and mind you when we talk about whales we don't we might not necessarily directly think whales we're just thinking of like massive fifth dimensional unknowable cosmic being you know yeah, yeah. it's just easier to use whale as shorthand and also star trek five you know they also make whale noises though i mean that's got to be a thing yeah I mean, honestly, I've been picturing like a giant whale. So yeah, pretty much like Shamu, but in space. Yeah. Oh, no, no. See, that's the worst kind of whale. That, like, come on. I was I'm thinking like, like huh? a, 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 I'm picturing a whale that's like partially beached in this giant space cave, and it's like you gotta like go over to it and pet it and stuff, and it's friendly, <laughs> but it's huge and scary. This is this is like the good version of it where you find out that the source of all your delusions wasn't just a giant spider, but in fact, a giant whale. A happy smiling whale. Yeah. I mean, if it was, if it was Stephen King appropriate, then it would be a turtle technically, but you know, yeah. it's whatever. All right. You know what? I, I feel like we've created another really cool, fantastical world here. I think that's just going to be where we're going to wrap up for the day. Um, again, the this was, all kind of slapdash. So Chris, we wish you uh, well. We hope you get better soon. And hopefully we'll be able to finish up that series that we were in the middle of. Um, yeah. So remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always email us over at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and shoot us a, a tweet, a, a DM. You can slide into our DMs over at let's world build on the Twitter. And, or if you don't want to do that, you just want to come hang out in our discord. We have a discord. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you, or if you just want to add in a twist to the twist list that we talked about, you can always be a, a patron of ours by going to our Patreon link for the discord and the Patreon in the description. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through it together until next week.